2: Welcome to the Road to Wire NBA podcast, it is Tuesday, June 12th, Nick Whalen here with Alex Marutha. Team USA, U18, uh, team beat Panama last night, (laughs) 118-26, it was 43-0 at the end of the first quarter, it was 70-8 at the half, Bill Self is coaching this team for some reason, I mean, I don't. I don't know anybody who's on this team. It's a bunch of like, guy, you know, rising seniors. You know, guys who, if you follow recruiting, you might have heard of. Um, but I mean, Jesus Christ, Panama! Zero points in the first quarter, twenty-six points for the game. I mean, I, I mean, maybe, maybe Team USA is the one that we should be scolding for allowing twenty-six points in the final three quarters. That could be the case. I don't really
3: know what the line was on this game uh if the over-under was a line was yeah it would have set the
2: record for biggest line ever i had, i mean yeah i just felt like we had to bring this up i mean uh, you, it's not often you see a 43 to 0 uh score at the at the end of any game at the beginning of any game um it's also carrie kittles 44th birthday today oh, uh it's also anton jameson's birthday and it's also drew holiday's birthday so oh, a pretty wow. good day for for nba birthdays carrie kittles as i'm sure you're aware uh, has the seventh best career turnover rate in the history of the nba that's i
3: mean that's impressive
2: number one ryan anderson in the history <laughs> of the league number two lamarcus aldridge number three rasul butler obviously number four al jefferson number five anton jameson oh number six michael redd number seven Kerry kittles do you remember the last team that
3: anton jameson played for
2: um mm, man that's a good one i, I would never uh, without this. without looking i want to, did he play for the lakers last you're close like very close oh he was on the clippers on wow. the clippers yeah wow i don't remember that at all i mean 22 games wasn't, wasn't a lot to remember there what do you who do you like what team do you most associate with anton jameson anton cortez jameson
3: um i think weirdly and i mean it's washington mostly but I, the most i think i watched him is when he was in cleveland which is kind <laughs> of weird.
2: <laughs> well, no, I mean that was that was three years. Oh, okay, no, you're right. I was looking at the wrong one. Okay, um,
3: no, that's true. Yeah, I remember him being like, I mean, he was their go-to scoring option for <laughs> for a couple of years. Yeah. So, um yeah, he was kind days. of the rock
2: for the the post-LeBron Cavs.
3: Yeah, and not in not in a great way. I mean, mm-hmm. he was 18 points a game on 43% from the field, <laughs> 35% from three you know decent decent free throw um, two-time all-star two-time all-star i mean ryan anderson who uh, he won most improved player one year when he was on orlando so um how the mighty have fallen
2: yeah Anton jameson too also a former six man of the year award winner um hmm. basketball reference says his hall of fame probability is 0.6 percent could go either way <laughs> um, see <laughs> yeah. that seems a little low uh, i, don't, I don't think he'll some? get in he would be the first player in nba history to make the Hall of Fame after being traded for someone named Sank oh, who I've never heard of and has never played a minute in the NBA. Um, So if he's able to overcome those odds, I think uh, that would certainly be remarkable. I want to talk about the Nuggets uniforms before we actually talk about actual basketball stuff. These came out what, Thursday or Friday of last week? It was very, like, um, under the radar. It was. It kind was. kind of snuck
3: them in there. You, like, try Google search them, and they're just, like, not. Mm-hmm. just kind of hitting off the internet.
2: They Yeah, the Nuggets Twitter account had kind of been teasing them for a while. Um, and then, yeah, the big reveal, like, it wasn't, I guess, this, this time of the year, you know, when the finals are going on <laughs> yeah. and, like, you know, 27 other teams are just kind of, you know, in draft mode and off-season mode. They, they did kind of sneak it in at a weird time. But I like them a lot i i like the nuggets previous uniforms i thought the the colors were a little off like the nuggets and bright yellow didn't really fit yeah um but these are these are definitely an improvement uh
3: yeah i like them the the alternate i'm not like a huge fan of the mile high city one it kind of kind of looks like a pacers jersey almost exactly um and i think the white one's my favorite i like the red lettering mm-hmm. on nuggets um that the, reminds me of
2: antonio McDyess.
3: yeah right um and then the blue one i mean the blue ones i i'm not sure how the like the the white um the white accents on there are very bright they're very and bold. White. so i think i'll wait till those actually mm-hmm. how those actually look on a court first but i mean overall Fair enough. i think
2: it's good okay yeah the only thing i don't like is the neckline it kind of reminds me of the like mid 2000s pacers neckline where it's it's very curvy yeah you know, i think you the traditional neckline typically plays well um but yeah like you said the white accents are extremely white. I think that's going to take <laughs> some time to to adjust to but I think these Mile High City alternates um which if you haven't seen them just scroll down like 20 tweets on the Nuggets account and they have a bunch of photos. I think these will catch on. I, I like them. Yeah.
3: Um They got to do a red one, right? At some point. Maybe that'll be like the one they reveal.
2: Yeah, well technically every team has four. <clears throat> yeah, so there will be a forthcoming one. You would think more red is, is is on the way. Maybe they'll
3: do a red version of the there's they do the, like the rainbow at the city skyline. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll do a red version of that.
2: Yeah, I was kind of kind of surprised that wasn't more involved. You know, I mean Me like, I think in terms of like iconic Nuggets uniforms or Nuggets logos, that's by far number one and they've always kind of found ways to to pay tribute to that every few years. But yeah, yeah I would bet on that one being involved um i don't want to talk too much finals just because it's been yeah, a few days right. and game four was just Sad. a beat down yeah. <laughs> and that game four is how i thought the entire series would go i'm glad the <laughs> right. entire series didn't go like that um you know i we're, we're working on a kind of an off-season round table for the site right now and i i just wrote some stuff about how like even though this was a four-game sweep it was about as competitive as you could ask for i mean outside of game four um I mean game 1 was obviously an all-time finals game and I think would have even probably ranked higher on that list had the Cavs won. Yeah. Game 2, you know, a a loss for the Cavs, but a game in which they played pretty well for two and a half three quarters. Game 3 kind of the same way and then, you know, the beatdown on Friday night. Um but yeah, I mean it was it was very clear from the start the Cavs were doomed LeBron had you know a a good game, I guess, you know, statistically, but not a LeBron not the LeBron playoffs um mode I guess for lack of a better term that we've been used to from him I don't I mean I buy that he had hand issues I don't love the way that he decided to reveal that (laughs) like I don't know what what he thought would happen in terms of reaction um given the way that people react to everything that he does um but I don't think he was getting a ton of sympathy for his hand you know after losing game four no,
3: especially because he it was self inflicted. I mean, allegedly, right. he punched a blackboard or a whiteboard yeah. or whatever it was.
2: I don't even think that part matters. I think like, he could have said he, you know, he caught it on you know Draymond's elbow or something, and I think people would have reacted the same way.
3: Yeah, but just like <laughs> at the end, being like, "Hey, I'm hurt." Um, mm-hmm. Very kind
2: of I don't know weird thing to. I don't know if weird is the right word, but. You got to win the series if you're going to pull that out. Yeah. You know, if, <laughs> right. if the Cavs win that series in 7 and LeBron says, "Oh yeah, and I had like a possibly he has, he a broken has the X-rays, bone." In my he's hand. like, "By yeah. the way." Yeah, check it out. That's his return to Instagram after zero dark 23 as he just posts his x-ray. Like then then it becomes like Jordan flu game type of thing. It's his brand. This is just like this is like the Jordan flu game. If Jordan had gone out and lost a flu game by twenty five, <laughs> you know, it's like that would. It's not. It doesn't have the same kind of. It throws up feel. during the post game right. press conference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by the way, I'm sick. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's kind of. I mean, and the people that jump on LeBron for stuff like that are not typically the most educated NBA fans. You know, it's people who probably didn't watch the game, probably didn't watch the series, but nonetheless, that makes up a decent amount of sports fans, and yeah. that narrative can kind of, as we've seen, carry you know much deeper than it probably should
3: yeah i mean there's i yeah i i get the sense a lot of people i don't want to like harp too much but there's a lot of nba games i mean people most people i mean clearly don't have time to right watch all of them and we do we watch a lot of them because it's our actually our job but mm-hmm. um at least when it's the finals like you should you should watch the games i think
2: <laughs> i uh i was actually at a bowling alley for game four i don't want to talk about why or how
3: i mean i don't blame you for game <laughs> four i mean i
2: like. I did I mean I watched it. It was uh it was I think it was better. I didn't have the sound on. So I mean probably for the best. <laughs> that was probably for um, the best. Didn't have the closest eye on it, but uh yeah, I don't think I missed too much. No, you didn't. Do you have any any notes from Games 4 specifically? Anything from the series you want to hit on? I mean I guess
3: Durant winning finals M V P over Curry is is pretty noteworthy. I thought when I was gonna I was comparing the stats between the two of them, I thought it was gonna be closer, especially Curry since oh, for sure, he yeah. hit those nine threes. But when you compare their stats, it's not really close. Like, Durant very clearly walks away with finals MVP, averaging basically the same amount of points, uh, four more rebounds, one and a half more assists, one more combined steals and blocks, um, almost 10% higher in true shooting percentage, and 13 points of net rating better. Like, he was just 100% better than Curry.
2: I mean, I think what it came down to is voter and, and and we should know that there's not that many people that vote for finals mvp i think it's only like it's like 12 or 15 votes total it's not like it like enough but yeah it's not like the the other awards where there's you know 100 plus media members voting um but i think what it came down to is curry got penalized for how bad he was in game three even though they won that game mm-hmm. you know durant durant was quote-unquote bad in game one but he wasn't that bad <laughs> right. um and then i think i think hitting that that dagger three you know, over LeBron to to basically clinch game three is what um you know is what ultimately like that's that's the moment of the finals if there is one yeah uh, that you're gonna remember. And Steph's nine threes were that until Durant hit that hit that jumper. Um and I think that was enough. And like you said, once you compare the numbers side by side, um it's really not all that close. But very strange. I mean, Steph's gonna get one eventually. Uh but it's very odd that we've gone I mean this is the first time he's even gotten a finals M V P vote. Um, right through these three titles and I can't really think of the last time that it's been this close I mean I guess in in 2015 when Iguodala won it it was it was close between him and LeBron but that was also such a unique situation where the the runner-up is from the losing team yeah prior to that you know it was I think it was fairly obviously Kawhi in 2014 it was very clearly LeBron in 2012 2013 obviously it was Dirk the year before that Um, you know and then you start getting into you know, I guess it was fairly contested when the Celtics won. Yeah, I think Pierce got it over KG. Right, That's I don't remember the last that. Time. That series, <laughs> yeah, That's those series really I blended should, together. But... Those were awful series to watch. <laughs> um, what else? I mean, I see you have here the LeBron punch.
3: I uh, just LeBron stats in general. Jesus, like, yeah. uh, 34, 10, uh, 34 points, ten assists, eight and a half rebounds, two point three steals, blocks combined, sixty-two percent true shooting percentage. He was playing, like, 44 minutes a game, so I think that's something to yeah. keep in mind, too. Like, these stats are ridiculous, but... Well,
2: it's easy to put up those numbers on a bad team. <laughs> you know, it's a lot harder to do it on a good team. All right. Yeah, exactly.
3: But, <clears throat> I mean, the thing is, like, you mentioned before Durant had, like, a quote-unquote bad game in game one, but we're at the point now where Durant's bad games are, like, LeBron's right, bad games, exactly. where it's like, oh, he still got 25-5 and five mm-hmm. and was, like, slightly not efficient yep. by traditional And when definition. he's so good on
2: defense, too, that it's like he's not you know if he has an off game offensively he's it's not like he's going to kill you on the other end of the court either you know like he's his floor at this point is as as high as anyone but LeBron probably yeah I do feel like and this is like not really fair to say after you just rattled off LeBron's numbers but like those almost feel disappointing after going for 51 8 and (laughs) 8
3: yeah I mean if you if you just look at the final three games but then you have to be like well he's playing with a hand thing and he didn't he didn't actually like physically shoot the ball that much and he was he was had to drive with his left hand more and he isn't clear I mean he's just not good at finishing with his left hand like it's pretty obvious at this point mm-hmm. um,
2: well, I don't I mean I think he's I think he's pretty solid with his left hand. He's I,
3: not as comfortable no, he still misses a lot of stuff that you feel like if he was going to his right and had the mm-hmm. same kind of angle and moment that he would make it
2: yeah, he missed a lot of a lot of shots that he almost never misses in games three and four, you know getting to the rim and like the play in game three where he rolled his ankle. um and he rolled his ankle after the shot had been released but it was a point blank uncontested layup right on the right side blew that um you know which uh, that was kind of one of those plays where lebron finished that game with a 33 point triple double but it did not (laughs) like that felt like one of his worst playoff games in a long time despite despite what the final numbers look like um and like you said he just wasn't comfortable shooting the ball you know against golden state uh, and we saw it in game one, you know, where LeBron is, especially in that second half, he's pulling up from all over the place from three. He was one of seven from three in games three and four, took only one three in game four, really wasn't looking for that shot at all.
3: Yeah, and I don't I don't have the stats behind it, but I feel like, I mean, the Toronto series, he was, I mean, and to some extent Boston, he was killing guys with the post up, like step back, kind of like fade away jumper. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he didn't do that as much against Golden State, like that kind of post jumper that he was like I mean at least during Toronto it felt like he was automatic right I don't know if that's like a mentality thing or they just don't have I mean they don't have great defenders to put on him that'd be really hard to do on Durant like if you have Kevin Durant on LeBron it's gonna be hard to do that that fadeaway
2: yeah i mean that's a good point i at the same time i don't think i think the warriors would be like content to live with that shot you know it, I mean, it, it did just feel like lebron wasn't going to it as much you yeah know, he wasn't was, uh, he was getting shut off and passing out or you know doing some of those runners that he's become so fond of yeah um but yeah i mean i, I don't know maybe he just used all those up against toronto <laughs> so we should mention lebron if you haven't heard he is a free agent or he could be a free agent if he if he does indeed opt out with, <laughs> but i think he will <laughs> heavy assumptions um Vegas, as you have noted, uh, gives the Lakers, Rockets, Sixers, and the Cavs the best odds to sign LeBron in that order. Um, San Antonio, Golden State, the Clippers, the Heat also in contention. Yesterday, LeBron, Kawhi, and Paul George were all spotted separately in Miami, hmm. which is, you know, at the very least ironic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think we're at the point where. If over the last like two or three days, we've heard that he hates the city of Houston, that his kids already enrolled in school in LA, mm-hmm. that the Cavs could, you know, feasibly make some moves to get him there, that Ben Simmons would welcome him to Philly, you know, um, that he might even consider Boston. Like every city that is basically in play here seems to have, you know, some inkling one way or the other about LeBron already, which to me, you can just kind of cancel all those out and right. say that we have no idea whatsoever what's going to happen. Just like at this point in the year, um, back in 2010, we had, you know, Miami was not the favorite to sign LeBron no. right after the season ended. That was kind of something that developed later.
3: Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, at that time, I think, I mean, the Lakers are, the Lakers and the Knicks are always in talks for things like this, but the Knicks, I mean, I think the, the Knicks are just out of this one entirely.
2: Like this time around people, I think people have learned their lesson on the Knicks, um, I I will maintain that I think LeBron would love to play in New York, but me they too. have been so incompetent all three times that he's become available that they're not even in the running this time.
3: Yeah, and yeah, if they didn't have the Joe Kim Noah contract, I mean, it, that would make things a lot easier because you have sure a coach that he likes and Porzingis is there and um, and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, um, this time it actually feels like the Lakers might be. I think making them the favorite is not the wrong move. I don't know. I mean, the Lakers, Rockets and 76ers for all intents and purposes have the same odds. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they really do from a cap perspective, like financial flexibility, what they can do, the fact that they do have some young players who can like who can help. Um, and LeBron's interests in LA, it kind of it feels like it makes the most sense. Like the Clippers should also be in play for the fact that it's in LA and their cap mm-hmm. room is they have amazing financial flexibility actually for the next like i mean next as soon as next year they have right. all expiring contracts essentially but seeing lebron in a clippers uniform just doesn't feel that for some reason like the reputation of the clippers i just can't see even
2: if it's not even if it's not correct the like, clippers aren't that team anymore mm-hmm. but i don't know I to me though i would almost rather see that than the lakers because the lakers have had so many of these I mean, type of good, guys yeah. like to me i, I mean it would it, it can go back to what you know what's lebron's goal here is it solely to you know write another interesting chapter to his legacy is it solely to win the title next year is it solely to go to the finals for the next three years you know based on what the criteria is you can make different cases for each team um and like i going to the clippers i think would be he he would be instantly the best player to ever play for the clippers you know like whereas the lakers it's like i wouldn't you know lebron is to the point where he wouldn't just be another laker in the same way that i think like paul george could kind of fall into that yeah um like i think long term like paul george would be remembered as a laker the same way like paul gasol is you know like very good player but yeah clearly tier two tier three in terms of the all-time lakers because they've had so many and we'd have to win a championship right Too. and even then like he wouldn't like in theory paul george probably isn't the best team on that title you know if they win the title paul george isn't going to be the best player probably not um I don't know. I I just I think for personal legacy reasons the Lakers as a as a franchise wouldn't make the most sense, but obviously you know they have they have some semblance of financial flexibility depending on what they can do with Lou Aldang. And what they have that the Clippers don't necessarily have is Brandon Ingram and Lazo Ball. Right. You know, like the Clippers have some decent young players, but they don't have you know, whether LeBron wants to play with Ingram and ball or not, they don't have assets of that caliber that he could either play alongside or trade for, you know, better pieces. Right. And,
3: um, yeah, I mean with the, you brought up before like all of LeBron's, the amount of factors that go into LeBron's decision are crazy. Like thinking about from a basketball perspective, like you, he doesn't really like to play off ball. So you putting him somewhere where they have like a very dominant point guard presence, that's why the Houston thing doesn't make a ton of sense to me, because I would I wouldn't think, you know, I mean we can the Chris Paul and James Harden thing worked out fine, but I feel like adding LeBron to that mix is like that's
2: a lot, even though I mean it's exactly what we said <laughs> like last year, but I think I think LeBron is confident enough that he wouldn't. I don't even think like the fit matters to him. I think like I think it's just like overall talent level sure. or ability to bring in talent when he um, passes to someone
3: they make the right they make the shot or yeah someone makes the right cut when they're supposed to
2: like lebron is going to play lebron ball no matter what it's a matter of whether the other guys adjust to him yeah. um and like i like the same argument could be made i think for like simmons and philly like i don't think lebron looks at that and is like i don't know if i can i can fit with this guy like he's he sees ben simmons as a supreme talent and he'll make ben simmons play like fit with him you know i don't i don't right. think lebron would would eliminate a certain <laughs> option just because of fit issues and i I think especially because he has nowhere to go but up from that perspective like his roster was so bad (laughs) in cleveland that like i mean philly even if even if him and simmons you know are kind of clunky together it would be so much better than what he's been dealing with you know the last year
3: oh yeah i mean i was thinking i mean you you sent the email out for the round table and it was like what team is the best fit for lebron and i was jokingly thought about put other other than indiana like if you swapped thaddeus young out for lebron james I think like that's a better team than arguably. I don't even know.
2: So I was talking with James earlier about you know team kind of off the wall teams like that who he'd never sign with but would actually make a lot of sense if he was just trying to win titles. And the teams that he brought up were Utah, which I in some ways agree with that. Yeah, Um, Denver, basically swap out Will Barton for LeBron James. (laughs) I still I don't I still don't know like him and Jokic. I don't know if that's a perfect fit. And then New Orleans, like New Orleans, just passes on boogie and you go holiday rondo i guess um uh, lebron Get it a rondo yeah well i mean whoever but i mean you, your core would basically be holiday lebron and davis which if drew holiday plays anything like he did in the playoffs is all of a sudden a very scary team in the west
3: yeah and i mean you drew Holiday. i mean he's the perfect kind of point He he's
2: he like a really good mario chalmers
3: really good george hill sure <laughs> i mean yeah lebron james anthony davis picking rolls. i don't know i don't know how you defend that i mean re- i mean really i i always wanted chris paul to go back to new orleans and do that uh with anthony davis but i would i would settle for lebron james in new orleans um, is, Le- is
2: anthony davis better than tristan thompson <clears throat> that's what it would come down to offensive rebounding uh, holding the ball holding, you know. yes grabbing the ball controlling the ball <laughs> yes i think so <laughs> What what is the most fun? Well, we'll keep this into like the realistic fit, so okay. we can't say the Bucks. Like, what is the most from like a fan perspective? What would be the most fun? Like, you wake up on July third or whatever, and you see LeBron assigned with this team, and you are like, yes, this is going to be awesome. What team is that?
3: Um, I think Philly. I think so too. Yeah, I think just the. I mean, we. I mean, talking Anthony Davis pick and rolls. I mean, LeBron James Joel Embiid pick and rolls and pick and pops like that. I don't know how you guard that. Yeah, and the. Like the fit with Ben Simmons, like obviously will would get Brog into question and may not be perfect, but it would be fun to watch them try to figure it out and have have two guys like that size that can make who are two of the best passers in the league and be able to do that together. And Simmons mm-hmm. is obviously super quick and athletic and he can make cuts. He's not he's not he's not just like a, a ball handler like LeBron is where LeBron doesn't isn't a huge off ball cut guy or anything like that. Mm-hmm.
2: It would be very interesting to see LeBron like take catch and shoot threes. Like that's such a rarity. Like I don't know if I I can't even like picture what that looks like, <laughs> like. Him not jabbing and taking ten dribbles before every three, because he would end up playing more off ball. And he had he had a quote that was kind of lost. I think it was it was like sometime right before the end of the regular season where there was some report that he told someone he wants to start playing off ball more. I'll believe that when I see it. I think yeah. I think in theory he probably loves the idea of like not having to control everything at all times but I also think he's kind of a control freak when he's out there and would, and would <laughs> right. like, not be able to not control things. Yeah. See. I, I, I mean, he hasn't – the thing is, like,
3: without – I mean, he he would have had the option this year to do that. We could have seen it had it not been for Kyrie Irving right. demanding a trade. Um, And so – and I think, if anything, after this year probably, to him, makes him want someone else to be able to – take over ball handling for yeah. a long time and him being able to not just stand in a corner but have that be an option to where he can I just think stand he would, in a i corner. think he
2: would end up doing that a decent amount but yeah no i mean kyrie really was the ideal option yeah. for that you know and doing large part of the fact that he could just pull up you know like you had to respect him off screens that's the thing with simmons where even if he comes back and like has a three-point shot it's going to take like teams are going to make him prove it and it's really hard for me to imagine that he's going to Go from zero made threes as a rookie to all of a sudden be even like a thirty percent three point shooter. Um, yeah,
3: because you worry teams will just pack the lane and then Embiid right. can't get inside and then LeBron can't get inside.
2: I still think Philly would find a way to be like super good. You know, I mean, they I would, they so would be a they they'd be right there with the Celtics to me if they get. Yeah, LeBron. they would go like with the fine. even a, would even go if there. it's like a terrible fit, they would still. Like, would you really bet against LeBron and Bead and Simmons going into the playoffs, even if they're like the six seed? No, of course no. you wouldn't. Like, especially after what we saw with Cleveland this year, um, I, th- I think that would be that would be the most fun scenario. What do you think about this Miami? Like, what, Miami is included, you know, in these Vegas odds. They've been they've been rumored, you know. I don't know if it's because Dwayne Wade is there, if it's because LeBron has played there. You know, it wasn't really the most amiable of terms when when LeBron left. Um, but you know, I was talking to to our colleague Shannon about this last night, and we were saying like, even if LeBron said to the Heat, like me and Paul George and someone else, you know, whether it's Kawhi or whoever, want to come to Miami, how does Miami even create the space to do that? It would all have to be signing trades, right? Because- yeah, I mean, I think that's the easiest way. Cause, like to me, it would Miami. Does, like if Miami thinks there's any chance they're getting LeBron last summer, why are you signing James Johnson and Kelly Olynyk and Tyler Johnson and all these other guys to these like pretty big money deals? you know, like, who wants that? Who wants that Kelly Olynyk contract if you have to move it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess of the teams on the list, they do have the most. Like it, thinking about sign and trade scenarios, they have the most guys that you could realistically move to get other players like if Cleveland was like, well we're gonna you know we're gonna do this I'm <laughs> gonna do this trade again basically yeah. where we send LeBron James to Miami. I mean the God, how terrible would that be? I know. <laughs> it's just like you basically have to do
2: the same thing twice. Just ridiculous.
3: I mean the They the, do have the
2: salaries that match, right? That's what like, I'm that's saying, what right? They
3: have Whiteside they're trying to get rid of who they could eat probably convince, you know, Cleveland be like, mm-hmm. you have Whiteside, Kevin Love and <laughs> the number eight pick. Like screw it. Maybe you'll yeah. be competitive. They have Dragic who they could move I think you got to you got to sign and trade LeBron for Dion Waiters, straight up. Yeah. Um, that yeah, there's a couple that'd be tough to move, like Tyler Johnson, right? Whiteside in his own right. James Johnson could maybe land somewhere, like realistically, like especially if you're trying to get Kawhi. Mm-hmm. James Johnson makes sense as like a spur. I think um,
2: I think yeah. it would involve you'd have to include Winslow as a sweetener on one of those deals. Oh yeah, you, you have almost, to give up. Everything. You'd have to include Bam as a sweetener. You probably have to include Josh Richardson which is part of the deal. I mean, if you're if you're in theory bringing in three. LeBron and two other stars like <laughs> yeah, you're you're happy to you know, you're really happy to part ways with Bam Adebayo, you know, like yeah. maybe you like him as a long-term guy, but that's just part of the deal. Um so yeah, I mean, Miami's interesting. I think that would be that would be a lot of fun. It'd be fun. It would yeah. be a lot of fun. Um Those three guys anywhere. I mean, that right.
3: that's that is really yeah.
2: Well, who so I mean, like in theory you're looking at You know, LeBron, George, Kawhi will say those are three guys who technically play the same position. You know, I mean, PG can play two through four. LeBron can play one through five. Kawhi can play two through four. But they're all nominally small forwards. Is that is that the best kind of supporting cast to put around LeBron right now, based on who they're trying to beat in the West? I think so. Or is it better to have a little bit of a mix where, like, you know, in Houston, you'd have like LeBron who could play the four. And then your two backcourt guys, Paul and Harden, or in Philly you would have Simmons and LeBron, and then like a true center and Embiid. I would, I would like to see LeBron play with a true center. Yes, for once we've in never his career. seen that.
3: Yeah, so that's that's one thing that those three guys teaming up would prevent. Um, like the, I like the idea of the three of them teaming up because then it's like, well, you all your point guard has to do is be a good defender. And kind of same with your, your center just has to be a fundamentally good, just average. Mm-hmm. He sets screens, he grabs rebounds, he can maybe hit from 15 feet, like nothing too and that's, crazy. And
2: that's kind of been the model for LeBron teams. That was certainly the model for the Heat
3: you yeah. know, the
2: first time around was Mario Chalmers, who was basically a throwaway you know pick at, who ended up you know being pretty good yeah and then at center it was you know i think we listed them all off on one of our last podcasts <laughs> you know, it was just you know for a while it was dexter Pittman, and then it was eric dampier and then it was the junis yeah and then they finally settled on you know the small ball version and bosch who yeah. was you know perfect for that it role at that point in his career but yeah it would be it would be very very interesting to see lebron play with like a top level crazy athlete center like Embiid. i mean he did have shack he did
3: have Shaq um yeah I don't think there's any I mean there's no other realistic teams where he would probably go I mean other than if he goes to the Clippers and DeAndre stays and the Clippers are only interesting to me because they're basically a blank slate after after the season and that I think presents its own like good they're clearly competitive right now so he would go there and be competitive this season um like because their entire team was injured and they still managed to almost make the playoffs um and then next year it's they have so much cap room it's it's almost laughable and he could almost start picking and choosing guys mm-hmm. um and, and go that route
2: yeah that that's another fun that's not as quite as fun for me as as like philly or even if you want to say boston is an option you know like just because like right away that would be fun but if you're talking like if lebron basically wants to be the player gm you know like the clippers make a lot of sense and you still get to live in la la new stadium right like to me like i, I do you think LeBron really cares about like the lore of the Lakers franchise? Maybe like to me that seems like it'd be a little overblown. This is a guy who grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. I think it's it puts a weird amount of pressure on
3: him to win a championship there. That's the thing yes. that like cuz if he doesn't win one there, I mean we I mean everyone knows how Lakers fans can be about championships. And um so if he went there and he never won anything, um I mean the he would get he would catch a lot of flack that probably would not be deserved. Right.
2: Dwight Howard 2.0 <laughs> because it's not like Lakers fans have always loved LeBron and wanted him there right, you know? like, it's right. not like the Knicks we're like the Knicks fan if LeBron went to the Knicks as long as they even got remotely close to the playoffs they would love him. <laughs> if it it wouldn't they won matter 39 like, games be like, right oh, like LeBron's here Lakers fans have spent their entire lives you know defending Kobe Bryant against LeBron's legend and yep. the Knicks fans have done the opposite so yeah, I mean <laughs> there's that there's that part of it I, I mean I've certainly think he'll be embraced wherever he goes it's lebron james I yeah think he's right. past that even boston which is just an unimaginable scenario yeah what about portland i mean i the only the only rationale you could possibly come up with is like well it's, it is close to nike <laughs> you know for a guy who probably owns multiple private jets that can go wherever he wants and right a moments notice. there's got to be like
3: wine feel yeah. like you wine, know, country. wine country up there mm-hmm. um i i talk about a team that doesn't have the cap room to make that work hmm. um you know who wants Evan? i mean Cavs yeah. can take back evan turner and myers leonard uh, maybe myers leonard is the stretch five lebron has always needed i
2: mean what this really goes back to and james and i did like a whole pot on this a while back is the it's just the crazy lack of foresight for, <laughs> for, it's not even like the, basically the same point that i raised about the knicks like other teams have done this too i've just have basically taken themselves out of not only the running to sign someone like lebron but you know i mean obviously nobody ever thought hey two years from now quiet letter might be on the market but (laughs) so many teams have have just eaten their own cap space alive with these terrible contracts that they they're not even they can't even be in the running because with the way that the cap environment is like there's not there's not there's only so many teams that are going to be willing to take on this kind of money you know there's not i don't know if there's like a nets out there that You know, it's just like well, for the next three years, we have no choice but to eat bad contracts and get late first-round picks. Like, what team? Atlanta maybe wants to do that. I could see
3: Atlanta. I mean, if if there's any team like that would start that is going to turn into the new Nets, I feel like it's Atlanta.
2: I think Atlanta. I think. See, the problem is like like some of these like the bad teams from last year. Phoenix is not going to be looking to add bad contracts. Like they want to start getting better now. Like they want to. Phoenix wants to be like this year's version of Denver. You know, sure. like maybe, maybe not make the playoffs, but look like a playoff team. Yeah, Memphis they're they're in the business of getting back to the playoffs. Dallas, I think they're past the point that they want to take on money. Maybe Sacramento, Lakers don't want to, Clippers don't want to, Denver doesn't want to, and all of a sudden you're into playoff teams. Yep. And the East is kind of the same way. Like Atlanta, you know, granted they're probably the team. Orlando, I don't. I mean, I if they you're Orlando, I think. On contracts i, I mean, don't know you could but like they at least have like a few decent players that's
3: true i mean yeah if i mean vucevic is good when he plays yeah. and aaron gordon's there you don't want right. to start like resetting while aaron gordon's there exactly
2: that's what i'm saying Like, so let's say you bring back aaron gordon you have fournier isaac gordon vucevic like you're not just going to start piling on bad contracts you could win f-
3: right 40 games if everything breaks right
2: yeah exactly i think brooklyn has been doing that they're done you know maybe the knicks i don't even know if they have the room to, to yeah to, to keep to, they've taken on so many i don't know if right. they have the room anymore they physically can't i mean the knicks i think in our roundtable i picked the knicks as my my team to finish with the worst record next year they have a deadly combination of wildly inefficient offensive players an injured star and nothing but lottery picks to play for right i mean they're yeah
3: I picked Atlanta, but Knicks is probably a close second. I mean, it's weird because the different timetables and when Porzingis. If Porzingis is actually yeah. going to play, if which, Porzingis
2: doesn't come back to like March or doesn't come back at all, like they have no reason whatsoever to try to win games. No, not at all. And even then, they might not.
3: Charlotte, I think, is going to be really bad. Bad, but they're too. Their their floor is way too high.
2: Yeah, and they have contracts that even if they wanted to move, I don't know if they could.
3: Right. I mean, they have to start thinking about the ke- like Kemba Walker. They Moving could use on. about
2: four amnesties. <laughs> could, yeah. Like, who wants Nick Batum's contract? Who wants Kit Gilchrist's contract? Nobody. Nobody does. Who wants Dwight Howard's contract? <laughs> there. I saw a report yesterday. I think somebody might have even, like, screenshotted this from Facebook. It wasn't even a real report. It was just something on Twitter. Like, But somebody threw it out there in a serious manner, um, claiming that LeBron had interest in the Hornets because... Uh, he really respected Dwight Howard and all the battles that they used to have, and has been wanting to play with him. <laughs> no way. Which, given LeBron's history of personnel decisions, like I can't rule that out. Like I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be like shocked if he really wanted to play with Dwight Howard. <laughs> um, I also, you know, we can talk a little bit about about the roundtable article that'll be going out up, up tomorrow. Um, but one of the other questions on there is which non-playoff team? You know, so I guess we shift away from LeBron talk. Which non-playoff team would you would you bet makes the playoffs next year? Uh, Denver. Okay. Um, I looked at like
3: it was kind of between Detroit because I mean the thing is if like if LeBron leaves, someone's going to have to, and then theoretically Detroit's the best team in the exactly. East. After you know, um, but Denver to me, I don't know. Like f- Paul Millsap played thirty six games, I think twenty two of them with a after his broken hand um and i just they're all their young players have just continued to get better Jokic is going to get better gary harris is going to get better jamal murray um and but that's kind of this is all kind of assuming they get will barton back because he's very he's like a super six man for them he played like 30 minutes a game started like half the games he played in um but it's really hard for me to imagine that denver assuming everyone's relatively healthy they don't win 50
2: games and mm-hmm. if you, you're just in the playoffs if you win 50 games i'm with you on that in terms of like quality of team you know like they should make the playoffs but like what the my answer for the roundtable was basically what you said about detroit is like cleveland if lebron leaves is automatically out and then i think detroit is like one of only two other teams that's even going to try to make the playoffs in the east so like they're just kind of in by default to me and then the other seven teams probably stay the same but in the west like who if denver's getting in who drops out
3: i mean that was the hardest i just didn't know
2: i just figured like i figured they're in and
3: some other some other team inevitably will Mm -hmm. just miss it for some stupid reason whether whether players get hurt or maybe it's just i mean a bunch of teams have 40 between 42 and 49 wins again Mm -hmm. and denver just happens to be the one that that jumps up a little bit
2: well i want to get into that like what which team could you see you know not I'm not trying to ask you to predict injuries but like that aside you know Minnesota was the team that finished a game above Denver they had an injury of their own like I don't think they're I don't think they're in that like one game playoff like they are if Butler doesn't get hurt when I he agree. does yeah um like I I'm always scared to bet against the Spurs like you can't you can't say they're dropping out like New Orleans feels like they're on the way up Utah doesn't seem like they're going anywhere like to me the team might be okay Like if they lose PG. You're probably not replacing him with anyone close to his level. Robertson might not be 100% till Christmas. Yeah. Like, if your top two players are Westbrook and stephen Adams, and then you have Melo as your third option, I am not confident whatsoever that that's a playoff team. OKC was in the playoffs by two games last year.
3: Yeah. And, um yeah, I mean, the Spurs are kind of a, a wild card with Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he doesn't come back, if he's not 100%, whatever it is, like, Their team is not... I mean, it's hard to imagine them not making the playoffs, but really, they almost didn't. I mean, they were very close to not making the playoffs. And, um, yeah, OKC is a possibility. Um, But, yeah, I I really don't know who wouldn't. I mean, maybe we'll just see even more of, like... (laughs) I don't even know how it'd be possible for more teams to have closer together among wins. I mean, the Clippers are going to be healthy again. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be...
2: I I mean, honestly, I think... I would imagine it's gonna play out relatively similarly and maybe in a month when Damian Lillard is playing for the Hornets and Anthony Davis <laughs> is on the bucks. I was say, like, yeah, like who knows? Like I mean this would have if we would have had this conversation last year, you know, it would have it, we would it would have looked ridiculous in hindsight given how, you know, like O K C for example was a completely different team on what is the day today, June twelfth and than they were, you know, on August first or whatever. But yeah. yeah, I mean I think it's going to play out relatively similarly just for the for the like the sole reason that I don't see many teams like drastically switching their strategy, you know, going from trying to contend to not trying to contend or vice versa. Like in the East, like I think Charlotte probably takes its foot off the gas just because, you know, they, they got to be realistic at some yeah. point. <laughs> right. But like every every other playoff team other than Cleveland like I don't, I don't see any of those teams really slowing down, and I think you can say the same thing about the West. Like, what team that finished one through eleven out west is is going to take a real step back, with the exception of the Spurs. Like we just talked about, if Kawhi walks, you know, maybe they have to do the unthinkable and and kind of start a mini rebuild.
3: Unless Portland thinks that they can't realistically be competitive mm-hmm. for the next three years because of those contracts, and they got to figure out what to do with Nurkic. I mean, if Nur- if they don't bring Nurkic back, yeah, then I mean they're star- they're starting singers at Davis. They, I mean, they have. I mean, literally, it would have no third offensive option. It would be Dame and and CJ, and mm-hmm. CJ had a, a bit of a down year, and I don't know how their deep. Like they had an amazing year defensively, especially at the rim. I don't know how any of that. I don't know if that holds up without Nurkic. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be it'd be insane to see them slip out of the playoffs, but at the same time,
2: like. I mean we're gonna see some really good players miss the playoffs because like yeah. let's say the lakers get lebron and whoever paul george like that knocks okc out but that puts the lakers in automatically yep you know and then if we think Denver's getting in then somebody other than san Antonio's also getting knocked out it's yeah it's gonna be wild and i i don't really see i don't see a, like a ton of players from the west heading east either I mean, like, if we're to assume Durant staying in Golden State, that'll, that'll be about the same. CP seems pretty committed to Houston. Yeah. Paul George could go to... I mean, Paul George could go to Philly, for yeah. all we know. I mean, yeah. If if you're really worried about fit, like, that's probably the best move for Philly. It's not the most fun move, but... No. That probably is, like, the, more, the safer move, I guess, both short-term and long-term. Yeah, he kind of...
3: I mean, he fits their timeline more than LeBron. Yeah. He's more of a defensive player. He's a wing. Like... You can have Ben Simmons guard fours if you need him to. And um, yeah, I mean, I, you're basically running
2: that team back with Paul George instead of JJ Reddick. And, right. presu- <laughs> right. and presumably, you're getting something out of your number one overall pick.
3: I mean, if you can start Paul George and Robert Covington on the wing, you're, you have a huge ending. Embiid's protecting the rim. Yeah. And you have, I mean, I don't know. I mean, know.
2: it would go Embiid, Saric, Covington, Paul George, Ben Simmons yeah what with you, Fultz as your sixth
3: man will do you do defense I plus mean... you
2: have the 10th pick <laughs> yeah and yeah. a potential you know high pick next year as well if if the Kings pick lands number one which is another extremely intriguing scenario um what do you think the Celtics do we don't have to spend too much time on this because I know I don't I don't think you and I have really prepped for this discussion because no. it's extremely <laughs> intricate but uh I mean there's there's like a hundred different questions that they have to answer. Like they've almost, I think they've almost accumulated too many assets. And, <laughs> right. you know, that's somewhat of a an oxymoron, I guess. But like they're going to, ha- they've set themselves up now to make some really, really difficult decisions. Yeah.
3: Um, I think. not I mean, I think, so Horford has a player option for 2019-20 for $30 million. I don't know if you accept that. And Gordon Hayward also makes thirty-two million dollars a year. Essentially, I'm not saying you trade Gordon Hayward immediately after you sign him, but like if you're thinking long term, that's what I would do. I mean, you're th- he's 28, and if you want to like maybe reset your timeline a little bit um, towards,
2: um, I mean, ma- but you also don't because you have Kyrie Irving, who's 20. Like Gordon Hayward's ankle blew up on live TV. Like I, I mean, I, I know it's like a completely ruthless disturbing. move, but that's if like that's. Would you rather? I mean, are you going to bring Jason Tatum off the bench? Are you going to bring Jalen Brown off the bench?
3: I mean, to me, the their easiest move is getting rid of Marcus Morris.
2: Yeah, I think that's a given. I
3: think like that to me is number one. Like you do that because you know that's yes, <laughs> you, you know that's to. a good thing to you do. Have to. Because that's like twenty eight minutes a game that you just give to basically Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And
2: so do you start? Do you start all three of those guys together? Then do you go like one of those guys just plays the four? Or do you just kind of go three wings? horford um hayward brown tatum kyrie is that your five
3: i think you could give away with bringing tatum off the bench because i think he's the most like if you if you use a traditional like we need a guy to score off yeah. the bench and can iso off the bench when we get inevitably getting bad spots because our bench isn't obviously is not as good
2: mm-hmm. as
3: our starters i think tatum could come off the bench yeah. and still get
2: 26 minutes a game right. I mean, I think even more than that, I think it would it would basically be the Harden-OKC scenario where it's like, on paper, you know, it, we have too many of the same positions, so we're going to bring you off the bench, but it's not like they didn't play Westbrook Harden and Durant together. Like, when they when right. they had their best five out there, all three of those guys were on the court, and I think we'll see that, you know, Tatum maybe starts half the games, you know, due to injury or whatever, but I think I think when it comes down to it, if it's a tie game with five minutes left, all three of those guys are going to be out there.
3: Yeah, and I wouldn't be afraid to let Marcus Smart go. Um, I understand. Like he, you know, people love the intangibles of Marcus Smart, the energy, and all that. I don't. I mean, if you think realistically, like, is he going to actually earn the f- people are projecting he makes fourteen, fifteen million dollars right. in free agency compared to what mm-hmm. your other options to do with those money and minutes are? I don't think it's worth it. So, I think you immediately feel fine with getting a Marque- Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart, and then you've automatically freed up mm-hmm. fifty minutes for the young guys that you right. know are are potentially going to be actual stars
2: yeah the smart thing is tough i mean it's so hard to quantify what he brings and like there are certainly times where he's worth whatever that money would be um but like yeah like you said like it, it's it's so much easier to justify his shortcomings now when he's on a rookie deal but you know i i think that there's a better chance to me that that turns into a burdensome contract than it does like a value contract by any yeah. means uh i just i don't know like let him go to sacramento and, and go do that dallas for, yeah, yeah whoever sure, is like, on the table i i just can't i can never see them being like man if we would have kept marcus smart you know instead of i don't even know what the you know instead of giving those extra minutes to like one of the best rookies in recent memory or terry Rozier yeah right and again i mean like i said they have tough decisions to make these decisions are you know like i wouldn't say low risk but it's like you're basically choosing like the lesser of two really really great options either way
3: and with horford they could end up maybe declining that he mm-hmm. could decline the player option for more money. Like you, they could maybe give him a few more years, drop the money down. Yeah. Like give him three more years then ten million a year. Mm-hmm. I still wouldn't be afraid to like explore trade options for Gordon Hayward at this point. No,
2: I mean it's it's, it's weird so to tough, having, if he right? like
3: he's played five minutes in the uniform yeah. or two minutes or you know whatever it was. Mm-hmm.
2: But I, I, th- mean, I it's mean a lot it, of money. The minute that it that it became clear how really freaking good Jason Tatum is, like that became kind of an issue because Jason Tatum like. I would bet my life that Jason Tatum at his, in like three years is better than Gordon Hayward will ever be, you know? And yeah. Like, at, you know, like w- at what point do you kind of, do you weigh like, you know, his development? You know, I, I wouldn't worry too much about like stunting Jason Tatum's growth. Like, I don't think that's all that much of an issue. No. I just think he's going to be a better player than Gordon Hayward in the near future.
3: Right. Gordon Hayward. So of all the players who have guaranteed contracts for 2019-20, Gordon Hayward is seventh making the making the seventh most money, Kyle Lowry and Blake Griffin. So, you know, but then you have it, it goes Curry, Westbrook, Harden, Wall, right. Griffin, Lowry, Hayward, and then after that's Conley, Millsap, Horford. So I mean they I mean the Celtics have already committed two of the top ten players who make the most money in 2019-20 twenty nineteen twenty around the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And do uh, I don't wanna say they're expendable, but you, I
2: think you could argue that the other being horford right horford you could argue that that's a player two, option that you're right. sorry but i mean a player option that he could very probably deal, accept i would he'll be money 30, wise yeah he would be 34 or something like that although like he seems to be the type of guy who would at least like consider working with the team you know right. depending on what their situation is at that time like i don't think he's just gonna grab the money and say you guys deal with it but you could argue that they have what do you say two of the top seven two of the top nine two of the top 10 top 10 player paid players in the league and you could you could say that those two guys are their like fourth and fifth best assets if you want to you know Kyrie Tatum Brown are probably ahead of them long term given Hayward and and Horford's age yeah yeah I uh I thought it was a little odd that they pounced on on uh, Hayward the way that they did last summer and you know maybe had he stayed healthy and had a spectacular year I wouldn't be saying that um but like for as careful as they had been with all these assets like to me, Hayward is like is always like a tier two, tier three star. You know, like those other names, like he's closer to Kyle Lowry, Blake Griffin than he is Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Right. And to pay you're you're paying him like he's those guys.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's I feel like it's hard because we we only got to see him play we only got to see Hayward playing an all-star level for one year. That was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I mean he had a really good year. Like he averaged twenty two five rebounds three and a half assists he shot 47 percent from the field he shot 40 percent from three he's a good free throw shooter we saw him do it on a slow paced team in the west you figure you speed things up a little bit you go to the east like those stats you maybe maybe 25 points maybe six mm-hmm. rebounds maybe six f- five assists or something like that but um i mean paying gorgon hayward like 30 million dollars it just feels like a safe bet like theoretic like what's really gonna go wrong like is he gonna lose all of his efficiency i mean yeah, yeah, yeah right he snaps his leg what could like, possibly go wrong <laughs> but like you know you know who he is he's a smart yeah. player he's efficient like he so it was kind of a low risk move mm-hmm. um it's a good person to put 30 million dollars in as opposed to blake griffin
2: no for sure that's very true um and like you know i mean i was as much as i'm joking about his ankle injury like there's really no indication that this is going to be like a recurring thing no mean paul um, george like, right yeah i think yeah i mean it's obviously it was a severe injury it's an injury that cost him you know by the time everything was settled like almost 100 games um but at the same time like in the grand scheme of like gross injuries like this was kind of on the minor scale if that makes sense like you know he didn't like rip up it wasn't wasn't like like a sean livingston Livingston. yeah yeah. exactly took the words right out of my mouth (laughs) um but yeah that's gonna be interesting i mean i think they made they made the hayward and Kyrie acquisitions with the goal of winning now and i think possibly undervaluing tatum and brown and we know they love tatum but like i don't think they knew he was quite this good and, no like, J. L. brown right. was much better this year than i expected and yeah i mean it's a good problem to have
3: yeah i mean normally if a rookie is this as good as tatum was he everyone knows you like it's not like a secret like you don't just pick that guy like mm-hmm. second or third and be like well it turns out he's like really amazing right. normally it's like this guy's clearly the number one pick you clearly take him mm-hmm. um it's not like Donovan Mitchell situation like that kind of came out of the blue, right. but, um, yeah,
2: it's interesting how that worked. Though. Like the reason that Donovan Mitchell was able to be Donovan Mitchell is that Gordon Hayward left and they needed a, a primary scorer. And then the reason that Tatum is able to be Tatum is Gordon Good Hayward returning <laughs> these uh, Okay, last thing. Um, I'll let I'll let you handle this Lonzo Ball distract. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have actually I don't have that
3: much to say about it. I just thought like I was I think it happened yesterday yes i i don't work monday so i was just scrolling through my phone i saw lonzo ball made a diss track about kyle kuzma with an album cover of i don't know where this picture of kyle kuzma (laughs) came from exactly i've seen it before yeah he's like shirtless from like the shoulders up with a cowboy hat on just like he's got a thousand yard stare not looking at the camera and um you can find the song the lyrics they're all online um
2: it's a vicious diss track like, it's, it's a really... little
3: like it, it was weird yeah it was it was a lot i thought it was going to be like 100 percent like a joke like yeah. clearly a joke
2: i mean it is a joke but it, the lyrics are not what you would have what you would have expected from a diss track about somebody who's like his best friend and teammate
3: yeah i mean if it was like a really if he was like really his best friend like and and that was like their relate their dynamic like i could see it but like I thought the funniest part was at one point, Lonzo Ball, it says basically like (laughs) we're both taking shots. The only difference is you ain't hitting none. And it's like Lonzo Ball, you shot 30, you have a 44% true shooting percentage. You shot 36% from the field. Um, It's just not true. Um, And so maybe that's the joke part of it where he's like, I, I may, you know, I don't know. There I was a
2: line what, in there where Lonzo makes fun of Kyle Kuzma for not knowing who his father is. That one like, hit a little what? hard. I was yeah. like,
3: because it's true. He doesn't. It is true. Yeah. Um, And I don't, I just don't know what any of it means. It's just, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I, like, I should mention the album cover. It says Kylie Kuzma. Yeah. That's what the song's called. In the upper right. Right. And uh, it looks like it's bedazzled, the words. Mm-hmm. um, Just really, I don't know. I just thought it was it was a nice like sh- very completely out of the blue break to the off season mm-hmm. that we needed. There was also I don't know if you saw that post on uh, on Reddit where people are like, why doesn't why don't the Warriors players just all lock arms yes. and form a circle around Steph Curry while he shoots?
2: This was framed as a serious question on NBA Reddit. It was um, like, why are they not doing this? <laughs> why is Steve Kerr not telling them to do this? <laughs> Steve Kerr, an idiot. I will admit, I read that and I was like. Whoa. Well, you, why you not? I got some long wingspans. You can create some space, right? As long as they don't lock arms, technically. Could I mean, you imagine? I mean, that might work. I don't know. Now you got me thinking about this. Right, that's
3: what I'm saying. I mean, the Spurs—they could pull that out, you know, just for just a preseason game um, in Hawaii or something. Just screw it.
2: Yeah, I mean, in order to defend it, you would, in theory, have to follow someone to to get through this like human chain that you formed around him. I don't.
3: Th- I mean, you legally, I don't think you can lock arms to form a screen i don't think you can lock arms with your teammate to force. Yeah. but if you if you just held your arm like if you just touch, you know what i mean
2: i think the defense would be you just line up like <laughs> your five defenders like line up across the court and what and like whichever way they go you just take a charge i guess i don't know some technically it would be a moving screen
3: right someone someone mentioned like well clear so, someone said as a response well the defense just they climb on each other's shoulders and they they form a vertical wall mm. to block the shot and that teams in the NBA throughout history have a gentleman's agreement to where they don't use those two strategies against each other.
2: Thank God, could you imagine? <laughs> like, we're, we're worried about the, like too many three-pointers killing the NBA. Like Teams forming human, human. circles around shooters just to give them wide-open look, that would be the end of the NBA. That would be.